My name's Greg Knapp, and this is the Greg Knapp Experience, your 20-minute thrill ride for your commute or your workout. Well, the real story of the 15,000 Haitians living under a bridge in Texas is here. I've got it for you, and no, they are not being whipped. Is Fauci right that more kids are now dying from COVID than the flu? Got the details. Two men arrested for a KFC run. Wait till you hear where and why. The Hunter Biden emails about Joe Biden, you know, taking money for access, pay to play. They're now corroborated, says Politico. Wait, weren't they corroborated a long time ago? Well, yeah, but the fact checkers lied. And Daniel Craig says the next James Bond should not be a woman. Uh-oh, he's in trouble. All that coming up on the Greg Knapp Experience. Let's go. So let's start with the truth behind the Haitians living under the bridge in Texas. That sounds like a bad joke, doesn't it? One day you're going to end up living in a van down by the river. Except you you know, you have to be Haitian and you came in through Mexico and it's, you only were found out because Fox News put a drone up. But it's, it's very similar. So Miranda Devine wrote this piece. And I mean, it is good going through exactly what's going on. You got this little shanty town underneath the bridge. I can't believe this is happening in America. Yeah, we didn't know about it at all until Fox News put the drone up. The Biden administration wanted to shut that down so that they had the FAA try to cancel that drone. Not allowed to fly the drone. So the Fox News reporter got into a Texas police helicopter, still was able to film it. Finally, the mainstream news started to pick it up, so the Biden administration couldn't hide it anymore. Now we're finally starting to cover it. Then they finally said, well, you know, we'll use Title 42 to send some of them home. And then all of a sudden, it's, they're whipping them. They're whipping them. Oh, my word. So let's get down to the details of really what's going on. You got 15,000 people. There's nothing stopping them from coming across this river. Not even a sign, right? So they're coming across. Overwhelmed porta potties that we put out there. The garbage was unbelievable. They're starting to go back and forth to Mexico to get food because they don't have enough to eat. And according to Miranda Devine and according to Todd Benzman, he's the senior national security fellow at the Center for Immigration Studies. He's covered the border crisis for more than a year. He's traveled through Guatemala and Mexico to interview the illegal aliens, the migrants, depending on whatever you want to call them at this particular time. And all the Haitians he's interviewed. Tell him they've been living in Chile or Brazil for the past three to five years. They're not running away from Haiti now. They've been out of Haiti for three to five years. And they told him that they've been living a pretty good life in South America, but they're seeing an opportunity to improve the situation by going to America. Wait a second. America's systemically racist. Why would black people want to come? It's a good question. You know why? Because it's not systemically racist and they know the opportunities that are here. So... Last week, Border Patrol agents were swamped in Del Rio. And plan B, because plan A didn't work to hide it, is to play tough. So on Saturday, they announced they're going to fly all the Haitians back to Haiti starting at 3.30 a.m. Sunday. So everything's okay, right? Well, according to Benzman and other reporters, Haitians who are eligible for asylum, and of course, as I told you yesterday, that's now everybody, because we're allowing economics to be why you claim asylum. That's not what asylum is supposed to be. Asylum is supposed to be that you are politically persecuted, that the country's in civil war, not that it's easier to make money in America. I mean, that's half the world. So what they're doing is they're shipping a lot of these people around America in unmarked buses and in planes, and they're dispensing them to other parts of the country. On Sunday, a nonprofit named Church World Service set up a desk and laptop at a gas station in Del Rio, which doubles as a Greyhound bus stop, 
to help migrants buy bus tickets and make travel arrangements to New Jersey, Florida, and other places, according to a reporter on the ground there for BorderReport.com. And on Saturday, ICE refused to unload two busloads of migrants at a processing center run by another nonprofit because the media was there photographing them. What's happening is real-time threats, says Del Rio's Democratic Mayor Bruno Lozano about the border crossings. He begged Biden to send Kamala Harris there to rescue his town. He fears COVID-19 and other communicable diseases, as well as potential terror threats. But you can't say that. That means you hate brown people. Well, Del Rio's Democratic mayor is brown. It doesn't matter. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz said everything's under control. Uh, 3,300 migrants have been moved out from the bridge since Friday. Well, actually, when you look at it, 327 were sent back to Haiti on three flights on Sunday. They were all adult single males. The rest of the 3,300 are family groups who are being processed and released, you know, into America. Well, out of sight, out of mind. I mean, what do you expect? Benzman says he's certain most of the Haitians camped under the Del Rio Bridge will not be deported, even though they're really not eligible for asylum because they had work permits and residency in third countries, right? You, You left Haiti, you went to another country, you've already got a work permit, you've already got residency, Chile was a thousand times better than Haiti, one migrant told him, but America is a million times better. Wow. And these these people coming from Haiti, they actually said they were coming because of Biden. Yeah, because they feel like Biden has told them that it's okay to come. That the, the, Those were quotes from the guys going and interviewing the actual illegal aliens coming in. Bree Stimson reported on this from the AP and Reuters that despite the Biden administration claiming Haitians camped in a Texas border town that they faced expulsion, thousands are being let into the U.S. That's two U.S. officials to the AP. Many of the thousands have been released into the country with notices to appear in an immigration court within 60 days. (laughs) Yeah, that'll work. The Homeland Security Department has been busing Haitians from Del Rio to El Paso, Laredo, Rio Grande Valley along the Texas border, and this week added flights to Tucson, Arizona. Expulsion flights back to Haiti started on Sunday. More than 500 have been removed. And you know, some will. Here's the other thing. Why only Haitians are being removed? Why why does Joe Biden hate the Haitians? Well, because that's the one that's actually being covered by the press, and they feel like they actually have to do something. Yeah, the Haitians now in Del Rio said this. They heard Joe Biden was opening the border up, so they came. Right, for three to five years, they've been living somewhere else. They heard Joe Biden was opening up the border, so they came. Former Border Patrol, uh, excuse me, the Border Patrol Union boss is really upset at Jen Psaki and the White House for pushing a false story about the agents on horses using whips on the Haitians. I'm sure you heard this. You saw a 15 second clip of a video and they said, wow, they're whipping them. It's just like what happened in America with slaves. Chris Cuomo, Chris Cuomo, here's what he said. We really are in the throes of this country of figuring out who we are and what we're about. (laughs) Excuse me. I was taken aback by a single image that should make you pay attention to a problem. As an image To me, it does smack of a bygone era of slavery, aided by reports of people being beaten, whether with a riding crop or the reins, most likely. You may be drawn to the desperation of the man trying to escape, others in the desperation of keeping our borders safe, of what I believe the former president tried to depict as a brown menace at our border. What? 
It was never about being a brown menace. It was about the fact that, yes, people were coming in smuggling drugs. Yes, people were coming in who were members of gangs, who were guilty of murder and rape and mayhem. And yes, there's also this thing that we can't take everybody from all around the world. Man, oh man, whips like slaves? So we go back to the Border Patrol Union boss, Brandon Judd. He says, wait a second. This is the legitimate law enforcement action. This was meant to protect the illegal aliens. Whipping illegal aliens doesn't protect them. No, again, if you watch the video, they are long reins that the agent has sitting on the horse. He is spinning them around, not hitting anybody, spinning them around to keep the people back from his horse. Why? No, no, he's trying to beat them and keep them from coming into America. Well, the horse is trying to keep him from coming into America. He's trying to keep him back from his horse because the horse can kill you by accident. It can break your leg by stepping on you. If it kicks you in the head, you can die. In fact, that's exactly what this Border Patrol Union president said. We have to keep those individuals away from the horses. If they get too close to the horses, the horses could step on them. They could break bones. They could kick them. They could get kicked in the head. It could cause death. Nobody was hit by those reins. They are not whips. The reins are used to control the horses. So the reins will be twirled to keep people away from the horses for their protection. Of course, this is exactly how the defund police movement works. You take photos, you take a 15-second video of something that happened over a period of 10 minutes, and you take those very small clips, and you blow them up and say, well, look what's happening, when in reality, it was a law enforcement movement that agents are trained to use the reins to keep people away, not hit people with those reins. The twirling of the reins is included in the sanctioned training for Border Patrol agents and was approved by the Biden administration. Yeah, he said every administration sees this when they come in, they look at all the training that we give and they decide whether they want to continue with it. And this administration even decided they would continue on with the training of using the reins to keep people away from the horses for their own protection. But no, no, the media is going to tell you it's like slavery. They're whipping them. I mean, this is, this is slavery 2.0. How could we possibly... The only time they seem to care about what's happening with the illegal alien situation is when they can make America the villain again. Man, John Solomon again uh, reporting on Biden's just departed Border Patrol chief accusing the Biden administration of intentionally eroding security to bring illegal aliens into the country and misleading Congress about the severity of the crisis. Well, it's a, it's a Trump-appointed Border Patrol guy, but... But he, he, he stayed on with Biden. Yeah, but only for a little while. You can't believe him. Rodney S. Scott, 29-year career law enforcement officer, retired last month as the U.S. Border Patrol chief. He wrote both the Democrats and the Republican leaders of the Senate and the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee that career experts have offered numerous recommendations to slow the crisis but have been repeatedly rebuffed. Yeah, they want the, they want the votes. He said, we've given him ways to, to fix this. He's ignored us. It seems like he wants it to happen. Mm -hmm. Anthony Fauci came out and said, more children have now died from COVID than have died from the flu. Is that true? Because everything I've been reading says still, still to this day, the flu is more dangerous for children than COVID. So Kyle Lamb He's a data research guy. He works for the state of Florida, but he says his tweets are his own, but he's a, a big data research guy. He took a look at this and he said, hold on a second. So far, there have been 439 deaths of children aged 0 to 17 with COVID. See, if you die and you have COVID, that's given as a reason of death. Even if you didn't die 
from COVID. Now, it's not the same with the flu, but he said 439 deaths of children aged 0 to 17 with COVID since the start of the pandemic. So over 20 months. So we're going to compare it to a yearly seasonal flu. But even then, Fauci's not telling you the truth. From the CDC, uh, COVID-19 deaths are capturing almost every COVID-induced illness in the past year. Every kid is being tested that goes into the hospital. And it's overcounting because every kid who dies with COVID is counted as, as COVID. The flu not counted that way. If we tested every kid in the hospital during flu season and counted every kid dying with flu as dying from the flu, the numbers would be insane. The CDC knows this. But let's use the CDC estimated flu burden. 2012-2013 flu season, for instance, CDC estimates that the flu caused 1,161 deaths from the flu. That's kids 0 to 17. Remember, 439 COVID deaths in 20 months. A lesser but still deadlier 2017-2018 flu season. 643 deaths for kids aged 0 to 17. H1N1 flu virus accounted for an estimated 1,153 deaths of kids 0 to 17 from September 2009 through April 2010. Not even a full year. The estimate of hospitalizations from flu in 2017 has a higher rate than with COVID in 20 months. So despite counting every pediatric death as one with COVID, not necessarily from the weekly mortality rate for COVID per million for kids 0 to 17 is 46% lower than the average 10 previous estimated flu season disease burdens from the flu and 79% lower than from H1N1 when it was here. Now, I know that was a lot of data and I know that's hard to follow on a podcast, but suffice it to say, what Fauci said is just factually not true. Why, why don't they want to just tell you the truth? Hey, at least we're not in New Zealand. Two men facing prison time for breaking COVID lockdown to get some KFC. Kentucky Fried Chicken? No, don't call it that. That's, that's not healthy, but KFC. KFC and French fries and coleslaw. The arrest was made near the border of Auckland, New Zealand's largest city, Residents have been under a very strict lockdown for a month. It forbids restaurants from opening and even restricts takeout. Takeout! Man. Officers noticed a suspicious-looking vehicle traveling on a gravel road, and upon seeing the police car, the vehicle did a U-turn and sped off, trying to evade police. He's got KFC! Get him! Don't forget the french fries and the coleslaw! Oh, man, they were on this guy. The two men can face up to six months in prison and a fine for up to 4000 for violating the COVID-19 Public Health Response Act lockdown. 86 people in Auckland have been charged with a total of 90 offenses related to the order. One man was arrested for crossing the border to buy McDonald's. I got heaps of McDonald's from my family and friends. It had been forever since I was last there. I mean, listen, if you're going to get arrested for breaking the curfew, can we go someplace better than McDonald's or KFC? What's better than that? Uh, I guess it depends. Uh, hey, if you're enjoying the show, I'm really asking you to be a part of the movement to grow the show. Could you tell three friends and ask them to tell three friends? And what you do is you just go and wherever you listen to your podcast, hopefully iTunes or Spotify is the big ones. Just click follow. That way, every time I put up a new episode, you'll get a notification and review it and share it and be part of the movement to grow the show. Tell three friends. I appreciate you. Politico has confirmed the emails for Hunter Biden's laptop. Wow. 
So now the media can finally tell the truth about this laptop? Um, now it's not banned on social media anymore? The, well, the election's over. So, of course, now... <laughs> Can we correct the fact checks that weren't fact checks, that were lies, that were covering up so that Biden could win the election? Can we do that? Politico's Ben Schreckinger said a source corroborated several of Hunter Biden's emails, including one believed to suggest giving his father, Joe Biden, equity in a Chinese company. Well, we already had a source that confirmed that, like a week after the story broke. Tony Bobolowski, remember? This is the guy that worked with Joe Biden. He said, yes, I verify those emails. The Biden people never denied the emails were real. All they did was throw out these little, well, it could be, I mean, it could be my laptop. It could be stolen. It could be Russian. It could be uh, misinformation. I mean, who knows what it could be? It could be the truth. Yes, and it was. So here it is from Politico. A person who had independent access to Hunter Biden's emails confirmed he did receive a 2015 email from a Ukrainian businessman thanking him for the chance to meet Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. It's a new book that this guy's writing. The same goes for a 2017 email in which a proposed equity breakdown of a venture with Chinese energy executives includes the line 10 held by H for the big guy. Yeah, that means 10,000 held for Joe Biden by Hunter. Joe Biden's the big guy. I mean, this is not rocket science. Remember, Giuliani provided this computer to numerous media outlets. Only the New York Post was initially willing to publish this after they verified that it was real. Hunter Biden, in April, wasn't sure if these were his. Certainly, there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. Uh, it could be that I was hacked. It could be that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. Yeah, it could be that you're lying like a crazy person. And it could be that he's trying to deflect because they, those were his emails. And the scandal of pay to play for my dad, the vice president, is a pretty doggone big scandal. Will it be covered now? No, no. I mean, New York Times was still reporting it as unsubstantiated. I love this from Drew Holden. He said, let's just remember just how bad the smear campaign was on the New York Post. CNN brought on James Clapper to call the scoop textbook Soviet Russian tradecraft. Brian Stelter had a program about how it was obviously fake. NPR explained they weren't going to report on the story because, you know, they didn't want to waste your time on something that wasn't even a story. MSNBC had a member of Congress on to spread misinformation about it being a Russian influence operation. Joanne Reed over at NBC called it a Russian hatchet job. And Politico, who now has run the story corroborating it, they're the ones who had a ton of former intel types on disputing the findings when this thing originally came out. But, you know, you can trust them. You can't trust these crazy conservatives on talk radio or people have their own podcast. Yeah, I, I was in talk radio for 21 years as a talk show host in I was nationally syndicated for a little bit, had a show in Dallas, had a show in Kansas City, had a show in Jacksonville. And, you know, people like me, we lie. We're the ones telling you the truth. John Brown has this out. Tuesday, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and President Biden had a little, you know, I guess it wasn't really a press conference. It was more of an announcement, you know, sitting together in front of the fireplace talking. Well, Boris Johnson said, hey, is it okay if I uh, take a few questions? Just a couple? He was looking at his British reporters and Biden turned over to him and said, yeah, good luck. So after Johnson took a couple questions in mid sentence, Biden's people started shouting, okay, okay, let's go, let's go. And just shouting people and moving them out of the room. No questions from the American press. Well, I mean, you know, remember he's told when he can take questions. 
I mean, how many times have you heard, I'm not supposed to take questions, but I'll listen to, you know, I was told not to do this, but I, and they've been cutting his mic during, during some of his events in the White House. They cut the president's microphone. So, hey, our press lodged a formal complaint. Don't worry. Hey, I never thought I would say this, but where's Jim Acosta? Get Jim Acosta in here. No, no, he only acts like that around uh, Trump. He's not going to challenge the Biden White House. And finally, I don't know if you saw, there's a new Bond me movie coming out, I think around Christmas time. It looks awesome. I, I'm a big Bond fan. And I, I couldn't believe it when people were saying that the next Bond should be a woman. I'm like, no, James Bond can't be a woman. It's James Bond. It's been around forever, man. From my childhood. It has to be, you can have all kinds of women in, in, all, in those kind of roles. Just make a new movie. Make a new character. There's all kinds of women in action movies now. Lead action movies. Nope, nope should be a woman because it's about time. Well, the Radio Times asked James Bond about it. And James Bond said, right now, Daniel Craig, because this is his last one, that the job should be reserved for a man, though he was quick to add, women should be offered roles of this caliber. Yeah. So so did, oh, wait, what do you mean, yeah? No, no, he can't say that. No way. Well, there's no difference between a man and a woman. A woman should be able to play this role. And what, what if what if James Bond feels like a woman? Maybe maybe James Bond James Bond already is a woman. Maybe that's already happened in one of these movies. I don't know why he's so closed minded. It's time to cancel Daniel Craig. I don't think anybody should go see this movie. Bond producer Barbara Broccoli, whose company has the right to finance and distribute the Bond movies, said Bond will always be a man. Oh, she's horrible. He can be of any color, but he is male. I believe we should be creating new characters for women, strong female characters. I'm not particularly interested in taking a male character and having a woman play it. I think women are far more interesting than that. Yeah, so do I. My name is Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience.